0: All right, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, welcome back. It is Friday, the 24th, the Christmas Eve of December 2021. My God, this has been such a long year, holy cow. But uh, I wanted to start off the show by saying I, I actually think it's really strange that we're still making fun of people who are like super obsessed with new technology. I am an avid Twitter user, I listen to a bunch of podcasts, and... We have the old tech world and the new tech world. And there's this giant disconnect between both of them in which the old tech world is constantly ripping on the new tech world. And they specifically target people who are like all in on it, super obsessed. And I get it, there's a point where it's, it, it's okay to be like, all right, you're a little too hooked on this whole crypto web three thing, time to calm down, you know, get your bridges in check. But those are the people that invent things that push us forward. So I think we should definitely be careful of that. I don't I, Have you guys noticed that? Because I, I feel like I see it everywhere. And I know we kind of rip on them too a little bit. So, you know, it's partially our fault. But we only really rip on the people making really stupid comments.
1: Yeah, that's what, I don't know. I, I find it strange whenever people rip on individuals who have knowledge and uh, and, you know, what they say actually is intelligent about new technology and this crypto, NFT, metaverse. Whenever you have something insightful to offer, then, you know, I, I think it, I would never rip on them. Uh, I think we need to rip more on people who are faking it, though. I think that is how we can get rid of all these scammy people on Instagram. I think we got to really hammer down on them.
0: Fair enough. And I'm going to propose something in our new company spotlight today that might help uh, get some of those scam artists out of the way. But uh, regardless, I, I wanted to pose that. I, I thought it was interesting, interesting to think about because there's I think there's a direct difference between we have people pushing the envelope, pushing ideas forward, and there's just there's just a few that don't really seem to get it. And they're kind of just, I, I, don't, I don't know. Am I, am I crazy? <laughs> I feel like I'm not crazy about this. But. I'll always refer back to the Dunning-Kruger Kruger curve.
2: And I've said that to John multiple times. And mm-hmm. basically, it's this little graph that says that like You start off and you know nothing, and then you learn a little bit. You've got like the basic grasp of things. And at that point, you're at the peak of Mount Stupid. You know basically nothing, but you think you know so much. And those are the people that are offering all the advice on Instagram, and they hit you up. And then there's like the area of despair where you know a good bit more, but your confidence in the area is so much lower. And I think that's where the old tech people are. They're kind of in this area of despair. And then it goes on further, and once you hit the peak knowledge in an area, you actually are pretty confident in it, and that's where there are a few people, and those are the people that we shouldn't be like hitting on all the time.
0: Well, and I like that model a lot, and I, I always like when you bring it back up because I forget about it until you send it to me again, and it's it's true. There's a couple old sayings about out there about you know the more you know about something, the less you actually think you know, and well. I find that true if only because the more you know, the more you realize how much more there is to know and the less overly confident you'll be. I think competence is a complicated subject. I, I like that model in particular because it has something on it called Mount Stupid that I know you touched on. And just the idea of a Mount Stupid cracks me up. And I like to think that I reside on Mount Stupid for about 50% of my time on Earth.
2: Yeah, and I know we talked earlier. Like, There's a lot of great ideas that come out of Mount Stupid that because you have enough knowledge about the area to come up with new ideas and you're not really necessarily like limited by having too much knowledge and the limitations of what you're doing but then again all a lot of those ideas are going to be too stupid to like even act on but you might come up with something good so there is worth in those people that are still in mount stupid we just gotta find that worth
0: Sure. And we talk about Mount Stupid in the context that like Elon Musk, Kathy Wood, uh, Jack Dorsey, folks like that are probably all on Mount Stupid to where they don't. They're not stupid. They're incredibly bright, intelligent people. And they've developed some wonderful products and apps and innovations within their own uh, facilities. But they are not really hindered by the fear of failure. They've kind of at the point where they said, "Okay, if I go with enough confidence and it fails, all I've done is learn some more. And I, I think that's really where the value of that is. I agree. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. We're going to start with tech. I got two topics for you guys on tech today. The first one is a little controversial. It'll be very interesting. The second was a little bit smaller. So the first one we'll do is that Tesla's officially getting a little bit of flack uh, from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the NHTSA. And the reason that this is happening is because... As I'm sure you know, on all Teslas, in the very like middle-to-center console, they have this giant iPad-looking thing. And on that iPad, you can play games, you can do operations, you can see what's going on. Uh, it'll show you the traffic patterns, maps, music, pretty much whatever you want. So, But you again, we'll go back to the first point. You can play games on there. And what is to stop the drivers from playing games is whenever you try to open it up, it says are you driving you know you could just literally click no i'm a passenger and it'll let you proceed to do whatever you want so apparently there's been an influx of traffic violations crashes and problems coming out of this to where they found that people were on the ipad screen messing around doing something or other i don't know whether or not they're playing games but apparently it's a point to where they're opening up an investigation and it can go all the way up to a recall if it ends up finding traction my first thought was I really do think the problem is not with the technology, it's with the people that are handling the technology. I, I don't really think there's too much traction to an investigation to say, well, we've provided we've provided everyone with these tools and the knowledge to use them, and now they're using them improperly. I don't really think that falls on the company. I think that's definitely more on the individual.
1: Yeah, I agree, that's not fair to recall it and, uh, and get rid of this technology just because individuals aren't using their brains. I mean, you don't recall, someone's driver license driver's license because they text while they drive um granted that's stupid and maybe there's an argument that could be made that you should recall their driver's license but um but i mean there's just no way to police it i feel like from uh from a standpoint of recalling everything and getting rid of the technology
0: well i'm glad you brought that up my exact first thought was the same way it was look we've had test texting and driving problems for as long as we've had smartphones and it hasn't it's not the car's responsibility to tell you not to do that so even if you don't have pac-man in front of you on your ipad you could still have a cell phone and someone's beeping you it's up to you to handle your own responsibility and i think until we all really take that responsibility on ourselves it's not going to change there's tesla's have all these wonderful most cars nowadays actually i'm not going to just give them all the credit most cars have all these awesome technology in place to stop you from doing certain things where you know if you put the turn signal on and there's someone near you it will beep or it will correct you and not let you change the lane new cars are incredibly safe there's almost no way to really get into a crash unless you're doing something insanely stupid so point being i i think it's a really really strange way for this to go (laughs) if they go all the way to a recall on a product when it was They just the need was to sold. link
2: it to the passenger airbag system where like that's in pretty much every car where if it feels weight of like over 100 pounds in the passenger seat, then it turns on the passenger airbags, which I know in my car, if it doesn't feel weight there, a little light comes on, passenger airbag off. Okay, well, unless it feels over 100 pounds in the passenger seat, then it turns off the ability to play games while it's driving.
0: That's it's a good point. Simple. Yeah, and that, that's genius. That's old technology too. That's been around for forever. I know. In pretty much any car, you can set like weights on the passenger seat, and it'll think there's a person there. Yeah. So. All right. I don't know. Simple fix. We solved it. All right.
2: Solving
1: <laughs> <laughs> problems one at a time.
0: Yeah, he should hire us. But you know, for plenty <laughs> of other reasons too. people. I used yeah. to tweet at him once a week or so and be like, "Be like, hey, I sent in my application. Looking forward to working with you, VP of World Domination. Just let me know." And. He still hasn't gotten back to me yet. So I think it's probably got lost in processing, but I'll, I'll submit again. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. My next one is super small for it. It was just that the stats are in TikTok officially beat Google out as the most, this is a quote, popular, unquote, site of the on the internet in 2021. I don't really know what that means because I think to get to TikTok, you usually have to go through Google as a search engine. So I, I don't think it was like most visited, it was probably most time spent on. I think that that probably makes the most sense just because of the sheer numbers of people and how much time they've spent on the stupid app that is absolutely brainwashing and you should not be on. But
1: yeah, you're right. And wait, can you even get to TikTok on the internet or do you, does it have to be the app? Like, do they have a website? Because I know that's what like, I thought. No one's Instagram on
0: the internet, right? And Instagram's incredibly clumsy, they almost don't even let you use it on the internet. You basically have to use the app to do anything, you can't post. I, last I checked you couldn't post from the website but TikTok's like the exact same way they they divert you to the mobile app. Uh,
1: okay that makes sense.
0: I I don't know but either way I thought that was that was funny because I have to assume that Google since its inception has probably been the most popular website of all time.
1: Yeah
0: all right well, yeah. That's all I had for that. We don't. <laughs> we don't have anything for it. We can move on. <laughs> you what?
1: Yeah, it's, that's an accurate statement right there. I mean, I people have tried to get me. Not people, machines. Microsoft has tried to get me to to buy into Bing, but I refuse. I always switch my default um, search engine right to Google every time I get a new laptop or something. Uh, Yahoo's dead to me. Yeah. So yeah. I mean,
0: Google. Uh, Google's the way. I use the Brave browser, but even the Brave browser is just a derivative of Google Chrome. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, Yeah. the first thing anybody does when they buy a computer is they open up Edge and they download Chrome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true, isn't it? It's true. All right. I love it. Okay, so let's dive into, we'll move on to finance, investment, entertainment. I want to start in the shipping industry because I know, Joey, you work in the shipping industry and this is interesting. All the statistics are in and apparently you guys are totally kicking ass and I think This is a result of everyone freaking out just the right amount. I don't think we've ever freaked out just the right amount in the past ever. I think this might be like a first time ever. So UPS delivered 99% of their packages on time this holiday season so far. Obviously, you know, it's not exactly Christmas yet, but FedEx pulled in at a hot 97%. And I'm sitting here thinking that's got to be like a record of all time for a holiday season there's no way we've hit those numbers before that's fantastic there's always late stuff around holidays
1: yeah i don't know where those where, where'd you get those numbers because that was morning brew. That's, yeah i don't know if morning brew has time uh, i don't know, know where they got them from on that because it's been uh ass kicking uh as in me getting my ass kicked we we're it's it's still struggling don't let morning brew fool you we um everyday issues from all angles. Um, customs issues, international issues, uh, delays, lost packages. Yeah, but you're- and suffering. it's us GPS too, but I mean, it's,
2: it's not fixed yet, it isn't.
0: Yeah, you're I suffering is probably, my Christmas presents,
2: sorry. <laughs> I think those numbers are probably offset because I know we've got a bunch of packages that got delivered early, like before even the time span it was supposed to. I think that's offset the packages that have showed up late. Or I've we've had a couple packages that showed up without the item in it. And it's not like someone's robbed our porch and left or whatever. It's just like it wasn't sealed right or whatever else, which I get. Like everybody's in a rush right now. But I think they probably offset the bad numbers with even better numbers.
0: I don't know if it I don't know if it offsets like that. Like if it arrives before on time, do you get extra points? And then the not on time is negative points?
2: That's what I was thinking, and that's how they get to the Super high numbers like this. So if I get my Amazon package in one day instead of two, then it offsets the person that got it in three.
0: Huh. I don't know. Maybe. Well, either way, it's funny hearing it from your side, Joey, because I I know that I know that you guys have been fighting. You've been fighting yeah. real hard. <laughs> but-
1: when you're when you're actually in it, I mean, I don't know how much the numbers mean, but I know our company-wide meetings and stuff where, you know, they say it's getting better, we're getting there, but we are not out of the weeds uh, by any means. And I know neither is UPS. Uh, There was a pretty nasty slide deck that UPS was showing around about us just the other week that I managed to get my grubby hands on. And yeah, I mean, there's not not many lies in that slide deck and it does not make us look very good. And, you know, we can do the same. So it's it's still brutal. It's brutal.
0: The beauty of corporate competition.
1: Yes, yes, dirty, dirtiness. I love it. Well, like sp- dirty.
0: Speaking of Amazon, we can uh so there was a there's a Staten Island warehouse and they're they're basically resubmitting their petition for a union to unionize. I know that was a big topic over summer, I wanna say at the time it all blends together. I think it was about summer, right? Whenever Amazon was talking about unionization. Something I'm
2: like not sure, that, yeah.
0: Uh, Okay, well, it was sometime in this past year or two years, something like that, and it it got shot down, and Amazon especially gets a bad rap for that. We talk about Starbucks, and I think this is a totally different conversation because the Starbucks employees, I think, get pretty much about what they put in. I, I also don't know that. I've never worked at a Starbucks, so feel free to grill me on that. But the Amazon conversation is a little bit different because there's been plenty of times where we've totally caught them doing really shady stuff, like the not letting employees go to the bathroom thing. Uh, the they made a whole bunch of fake Twitter accounts that were just like total Amazon shills that were like hey don't unionize you know blah just spreading false information which is really scammy I don't I don't know why they would do that their company's doing so well I don't know so it'll be interesting to see where this one goes <laughs> the union conversation is always really complicated because there's just so many emotions involved and I hate getting involved in it
2: it totally depends on what side you're on too, as if you're the person that's trying in the group that's trying to unionize or if you're like the front office people that are dealing with it because those people are like, it just causes problems. We could solve this so much simpler. And then the factory workers are like, there's no way we could solve this without doing this. So
0: yeah. Well, and even the point whenever they say we can solve this so much easier, they get there and then they don't solve it. And you're like, okay, right, well, where have we gone? Nowhere. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I hate that conversation because of the emotions, and it's a huge pain. I agree.
1: Okay. I don't want to change the subject, but just rewinding back to the shipping metrics, I found where the morning brew got their statistics from.
0: Let's hear it. And
1: so FedEx comes in at 97% on time, UPS at 99% on time. Whenever you count their express service, just making it by the end of the day. And if you add an extra day onto the ground transit time, then that's the percentage but if you judge it based off of the time commitments and the actual day that it's supposed to be delivered on without adding any extra days then fedex is only 84 percent, and ups is 95 and then the postal service is at 95 so they're just they're making it they're fluffing it up a little bit saying you know if it shows up a day late then we're within 97 and 99 percent.
0: That still feels fine though, because you've added one little standard deviation and it's still great even if you take away that one standard deviation.
2: Which works as long as it's not shipped by Christmas. Like it needs to be here by the 24th or the 25th so that way people can have it for Christmas parties and then it gets an
0: issue. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what, the 85% seems all right, but it's whenever you start dealing with businesses and their packages are late. Like uh, law firms, uh, I get yelled at a lot for those because their documents need to be there that day can't be an extra day
0: yeah
2: same
1: with pharmacies Um, a lot of pharmacies have been irate because people die if they don't get their medicine that needs to be there that day can't be a day late true so that's whenever you start like christmas presents yeah that's understandable but then some industries it's like that extra day is
0: do or die that makes perfect sense i understand why it's important i hadn't even thought about that when did you guys do your christmas shopping this year
1: Last weekend. Actually Tuesday.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you're a little procrastinating. What about Matt? And
1: I went I I went to the mall and I was shocked. I don't know if you guys have been to the mall, but our malls are packed up here and I wore my mask like a good little northerner, but not many other people have their masks on
2: and I was a little sketchy. Yeah, it doesn't exist down here.
0: All right, Matt, when'd you do your shopping?
2: The majority of my shopping was done Black Friday or the weekend after. Like, I got it all done early on because I expected things to be slow. But that, there was some things that I had to, like, get this past weekend.
0: Okay, so that's exactly what I was expecting. I, I thought I, I think most people did it about Black Friday time. And I think they did it enough in advance that we were able to prepare. And obviously, you know, Joey had to deal with all of it. But I, I'm fairly confident in saying that I think the majority of American shoppers probably did their stuff early enough that we were able to mitigate most of the supply chain problems. I don't think there's gonna be too many missed Christmas presents. Like all the statistics are coming in saying, well, you can't use that as an excuse for why you didn't get your uh, aunt, sister, any like anyone, a Christmas present. You can't say supply chain issues because apparently we've fixed it for Christmas, kinda sorta.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the
2: e-commerce and the presents um, for the most part are are pretty solid. All right. I think the online shopping made it a whole lot easier on the companies, too, because, like, it wasn't just, like, stores where it's there until it's gone, where online they can, like, actively track, okay, we're selling out of these goods at this rate and that type thing, and they could distribute as needed.
0: Yeah. Welcome to 2021. It's the future. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of the future, before we go on, I did see the, the the new Matrix movie last night, and I was not super impressed, so... That's my official thing. Oh, it's not great. You didn't like it. It's all right. So remember what they did with the seven Star Wars movie, where it's basically just like, hey, remember all the things we did in the 70s and how much you loved it. Well, here's like a light version of that again. Same thing, right?
1: Gotcha. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. I was going to stay up to midnight to watch it um, on Wednesday. No, yesterday was Wednesday, Tuesday. Tuesday, I was going to stay up till midnight to watch it. Now I'm happy I didn't.
0: So it's it's a really good movie, but it's not as insane as the other ones. So, okay. All right. That's fine. We can move on from that. All right.
1: Well, I, well, while we're on the movie topic, you All know right. what other movie I really want to see that I heard got bad reviews? Okay. The House of Gucci. I was I was very, very excited for it because, you know, you got Al, Pagina, Al Adam Pacino, Driver. Adam Driver, Lady yeah. Gaga, Jared Leto. And I just heard – I've heard – the first half is incredible, but it's a two and a half hour movie, and the back half drags. I
0: don't know which if I believe. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that until I see it because it, it looks incredible. Yeah,
1: I I agree. I guess I guess all the reviews were saying they kind of move away from Adam Driver and uh, Lady Gaga's character towards the back half, and I don't know. You guys have seen Jared Leto in movies. Apparently, he's just being Jared Leto, which is. Overly animated, doing his own weird thing, and he's trying to be overly Italian, I guess, talking with his hands all over the place, (laughs) and it's just—I hear his character uh, rubs some people the wrong way. I feel like I would like that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. know. Yeah, you might. I I guess. I guess it's the (laughs) the old adage, you know, that uh, the movie critics hate it, and then your average moviegoers think it's great. It's probably one of those.
0: Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. I I digress. No, yeah, it's it's fine. It was a pretty decent season for movies. I was kinda hoping we'd get more, but you know, we had a couple bangers. Yeah. All right. Matt, we're gonna we're gonna change up the order of things. We moved cars to the ends and we're gonna do the medical stuff now. We're gonna move from investments to that because you have some awesome stuff that's gotten me kind of excited. Okay, so I
2: saw this study, it came out, it was actually an article about it. So a group of researchers, they proved that rocket scientists and neurosurgeons are no smarter than the general public. And that was quite the eye-grabbing title for me to come in, click on this article. Wonderful clickbait. But basically they said that neurosurgeons were better than rocket scientists at defining rare words and semantic problem solving, which makes sense. We got a lot of big words in the medical field. I feel like we got that in the bag. But they had much slower memory recall. Which is also true. I mean, a lot of these people are doing the same task over and over again, even though they're wildly difficult tasks. It makes sense. Um, Rocket scientists were better at attention and mental manipulation than neuroscientists, which I would hope they have better attention, I think, flying a rocket. But then again, I want good attention when someone's in my brain. So who knows? But overall, they weren't any better than the general public across the tested domains of working memory, emotion processing, attention, and ability to ra- recall info.
0: Well, I to- I actually saw this article, too, and I did not bite the clickbait. I-, I-, I saw it and I said, ooh, this is great, but this is total clickbait. And I'm so glad that you actually like took the dive and bit the bait and went for it, because I really wanted to know what it was about, but I just had to assume that it was, it was not. Okay, so it doesn't actually prove that they're no smarter than the general public. It just proves that they're really good at other things and not as good at other, other things, but they don't need to be good at those other, other things. They need to be good at the things that they're doing.
2: Yes. And, but it's hard to, like, you can't like, unless you use like an IQ score and even that's not great. Like Howard, like, uh, putting this in the terms of how smart they are, like they tested across like broad domains of like cognition. It's not like how much information they know. Like, I would assume that a rocket scientist and a neurosurgeon know vastly more information volumes than the general public, than any of us do. Yeah. But like, when it comes to like the assessment methods that you can extrapolate to anybody, then like they're roughly on average.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of those videos where the people ask the random, random people off the streets of like LA or New York, these super basic, basic questions. Like, uh, I, I can't even think of one because they're so simple. it be like, who was the first president of the United States? And they're like, Abe Lincoln or something like that. Like shit you learn in fourth grade or I and maybe that's not a good one. I don't know. Super basic stuff. And people just cannot recall it. Whenever I saw it, I said, Nah. No, I disagree. I, I think the average rocket scientist or neurosurgeon or pretty much anyone who can actually successfully fight their med school is probably smarter than the average American. The average American is, I don't want to say this, they don't have the numbers, but probably not that intelligent.
2: I would hope that these rocket scientists and neurosurgeons are smarter than the yeah, average Joe American. I mean, but who knows? I mean, at least in these domains of. Uh, working memory, emotion processing, attention, and ability to recall info. They're necessarily not. But then again, that could just be swung because there's so many other very specialized fields that require these type of qualities that are offsetting the fields that require none of these qualities.
0: Right. That makes perfect sense. I've also heard that... Yep, go ahead. I
2: was just going to say, we put rocket scientists and neurosurgeons on a pedestal because they're part of that old adage of, oh, it's not rocket science or, oh, it's not neurosurgery. But like, There are plenty, plenty of things that require just as much intelligence to do that aren't uh, put on that same pedestal.
0: So that's fair. I always say if I don't think I could accomplish it in a year, I'm not going to give you shit for not being able to do it in 10 years. It doesn't really make sense. But the other thing I've heard, and this may be a little bit of a tangent, but I've I've seen plenty of different articles and opinions in which people say we should measure things by EQ, which is emotional, basically emotional intelligence, as opposed to to IQ, which is the traditional way of measuring intelligence. What do you think about that?
2: I don't know. I'd have to know more about EQ and what it involves to say whether it's worth it. I mean, what maybe it's just like your emotional response to learning things and different situations, which would be good because I feel like as hard as med school is anybody could do med school given enough time and passion it's just a whole lot of volume in a small period of time it's not that in, the information isn't any more difficult than what you learn in college and college was honestly easier than high school if you took ap classes or ib or ace so it's not any more hard the information is all the same to learn once you get the basis knowledge in it's just that it's a volume thing so maybe EQ is more important because volume comes like with that much information in a short period of time, how your emotions play is a huge
0: factor into how well you learn. Well, that's fair. I, I, you know, okay. I probably bulldozed you with that one. That's not really fair, but I also think you need a heck of a lot of passion and desire to do something like that. I think, wow, maybe you're right. And most people could go through something like that. Given enough time and enough effort, they would need to want to do it as opposed to getting rewarded more quicker for doing simpler tasks. Like your reward comes way in the future for going through something like that, as does pretty much anyone in the medical industry. And it's almost easier to say, no, I'm going to go into a low, like a low cost to enter labor industry in which I can work up to 80 dollars $90,000 a year in a few years and just be good to go and survive. Right.
2: I think definitely, even for me, which I really want to be in the medical field, if I knew something that would pay. Near as much, and I had anywhere close to the amount of interest in that I would go into that instead. It's not something you go into just on a whim to make money. I mean, it's not the right route for that, especially with how much loans most people have to take out.
0: Right, and I was I was debating on whether we we're going to do the loan thing because I know we just, we just got the news that they're they're pushing back the uh, the interest in the loans a few months. Oh, the loans are such a touchy subject. All right. let Fine. Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And then we're going to go back to medical stuff. We're going to do it super quick. And so as I'm sure everyone has seen, the government is pushing back the interest in the student loans. And so I find this super interesting because this is another one of those super touchy emotional debates in which, yes, on one point, it absolutely 100% would help a ton of people, would fix some lives. There's so much good to be done here. And even like the, the cancel a the student loan thing, that's the most extreme question of all time. Like, if you somehow just wiped out all of our student debt, where the heck do we go with that? And I said, well, I have I have several questions here. The first one is, does that mean the federal government would pay off the student loans? Because they don't have that money. They don't have any money. They're poor. They're in debt. They're broke. Does that mean it just gets wiped away and gone? Because if it does, the banks had that in the balance sheet. And now the banks are have, basically got have to write off all of that projected income over the next 30 years that they had planned out because that's how long those things go out so that would mean that the banks would have to rewrite their entire lending process basically based off of hey we know we're probably going to get screwed again in the future so now we have to make our process really strict before we give anyone money because we have to know that you're like the credit ratings are going to get all messed up you can't just say yeah i have a good credit score now give me a loan they have to know that you're going to pay it off instead of just waiting for the government to get rid of it again. It is a messy, messy topic. You know who actually
1: had a plan on how to fix this? And and I hate to bring in a politician, but he did have a plan. How I feel about it was neither here nor there, was uh, Bernie Sanders. He, he genuinely had a fully thought out plan. And I, I took the time to read into it. And I can't recall the points off the top of my head right now, all the in-depth points. But it involved adding a tax onto whenever, I can't remember if it applied to a certain tax bracket, but whenever you sold your stocks, so anytime a stock was traded from uh, an individual that belonged to a certain tax bracket, there would be an extra, I don't know, 2% uh, taken out of that, that trade. That money would go towards paying off everyone's student loans or whatever. But I just can't remember the qualifications of who got hit with this tax and how large it was. But I mean, he had a fully fleshed out plan, but it involved adding an extra tax whenever you bought or sold stocks. And then that money that was being taken from those taxes would go into repaying the banks for all the loans.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. You're, you already lost me. I, I, I don't think any kind of investment should be taxed on the buying and selling front. There's the capital gains tax is ridiculous and it disincentivizes people from chasing gain and with that from chasing profit. I yeah, I agree. I, I'm out on that one. There. So the reason that we lend out money to people, we say, all right, we're going to give you access to our capital for your projects. Now we've given you access to that. They have to go out, be inventive, create new products, create new ways to solve problems. And then they have to give you the return for the trust that you gave them of, hey, look, I'm giving you my money for this period of time. You have to do something with it. Now they've done something with it and you're rewarded for that patience. And you're only rewarded if you make a good decision because if you make a bad decision and trust somebody who is a charlatan, who is not actually planning on doing anything with the money, the rug is pulled from you and you lose your money. Now, the third party comes in and wants to take a little off the top of each of those transactions. That tells the investor, well, maybe I shouldn't do this because I'm I'm losing unnecessary money. And that tells the entrepreneur, well, maybe there's no reason for me to work as hard and invent things because now there's more being taken off the top. That's my only gripe.
1: Yeah, here's the plan. He wanted to implement a Wall Street speculation tax that will raise an estimated $2.4 trillion over the next 10 years, and it would work like this, a 0.5% tax on stock trades, a 0.1% fee on bond trades, and a 0.005% fee on derivative trades. For example, if $100 of stock is traded, the speculation tax would be 50 cents. It's not spec- I mean, it's no. not a perfect system by any means, like you said. And that's
2: why he is a socialist, but <laughs> of <laughs> like sorts. Of sorts. us so circle back here, I want to bring it back to the original topic. So all they did was they pushed the payments and interest freeze from January to May, right? which isn't that long, doesn't make that much of a difference. So I'm okay with that. But the forgiving thing, when our current president came into office, he was he was on board to forgive ten thousand per person, so that's not a lot, depending on how many loans you have. As someone who's taking out three hundred thousand dollars in loans to go to med school, like that's not a lot in comparison. Right. But like, I don't think that's solving the issue. The issue is two different things. A, we have a low financial literacy rate. We have a lot of people that go to school and take out loans to go to school because school is promised is the best thing that you can do. And they take out the money to do so without understanding what type of loans to take out, how the loans work and paying them off. We got a lot of people that are just sitting on loans forever, paying the minimum interest rate, not doing anything on the principal. And that's why they're sticking around so long. But we also got people that they make enough money to start paying them off and they still keep doing the same thing. They use it kind of like a mortgage Paying it like a 30-year loan, and there are doctors that make $500,000 a year and carry loans into their 60s right. because they took out $300,000 at the beginning. The second part is is we need to fix the how these companies are uh, doing interest. I mean, interest compounds daily on my loans that I'll be taking out, so that's wild. And I see images all the time of doctors where it's like I've paid in $150,000. And the principal was 150 to start off with, and there's still 150 to pay towards it. Right. It doubled, and they've paid the whole amount they should have from the start, and they still have that amount, same amount to pay still, which is totally wild that it accrues that fast. But then again, it's partially due to that person's financial literacy. If they had paid it off early and started paying down the principal when they could, it wouldn't have grown like that. They wouldn't still have that amount of money laying around. But that's not what people do.
0: That's true. Ray Dalio talks a lot about that, and he he's got a new book. I, I've got it set on my desk. It's like the principles with dealing with the changing world order, and that's a very dramatic title. But essentially, the point of the whole book is that we see these cycles, these massive cycles throughout history, and towards the end of every single cycle, you see civilizations racking up this ginormous debt. And when they can't get people to pay it back, they begin printing money and making money cheaper in order to allow individuals to pay back their own personal debt to rectify everything. But that doesn't exactly work because now you have flooded the money with system and you flooded the system with money. Sorry, I got that mixed up. And then you have the people who've always had access to money are now saying, well, we have cheap money. And obviously the wage wage gaps begin to stretch even further. Uh, the the haves and the have nots stretches even even further, and it all just gets crazy and hectic. So, I don't. It's a very long, dramatic way of saying we could be entering that. And the good news is it could result in a total rework of that sort of system because I agree that doesn't make any sense at all. That you have to, you have some. You have, someone has to wait twelve years to begin to see the reward, and that reward doesn't mean anything because it's all going back to just paying down something that has been accumulating constantly at a crazy rate.
1: You know, the other issue, and I hate to be the controversial one here. Go for it. And, uh, <laughs> and and bring this up, but I think colleges offer far too many programs. You have people taking out hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans to go get a degree in art history yeah. to go then do what? Sure. Work at a museum? Uh, I mean, listen, if anyone out there is listening and has a degree in art history, I'm not knocking you. If that's what you love great, do what you love. But the issue here is finding a way to make money doing that to repay the loans you took out. I mean, we don't need degrees for a lot of the things there are now. I mean, it's hilarious when you go to apply for a job, you have to scroll through thousands of different degrees whenever you're trying to put in what you went to school for. And a lot of them don't even make any sense. And it just there's some professions and some things that you shouldn't need a degree for. And we just place so much emphasis on this piece of paper. I mean, that that's where. So I think the education system itself needs a little revamp.
0: 100% not to be the philosophical Mm -hmm. bastard. And I'll shut up after this one. So the reason that we use money is that it's a measure of productivity or it's supposed to be a measure of productivity. And so when people say, well, you need to go to college to make money, I said, well, yeah, that makes sense. You're learning. You're originally the point was you're learning a skill or a trade so that you can provide something to civilization and your local community that says, I'm useful, I'm giving back, I'm making everyone else's lives easier and I'm rewarded for that. Now, you have a lot of people that say, well, I wanna go pursue my passion. That's totally fine. And they say, well, how will you make money? And they say, no, I don't care. I wanna pursue my passion. That's fine. Just accept that your passion is giving back to you and it may not be giving back to other people. And if it doesn't give back to other people, you may not be rewarded economically for that, and you may struggle a little bit more. So this is the argument that I always get into with people who disagree with the traditional form of capitalism, is that it may not be a perfect system, but it ensures it, it, it should. It doesn't maybe in its current state, because we have crony capitalism going on all around us, but it should ensure that we can all live pretty well, <laughs> standardly, normally. Like The majority of us can live pretty well off not consuming that much, right?
1: Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, a lot of the times I think a lot of the stuff I consume is just because I like technology and fancy things. Right. In all reality, I could move to a little hut in the woods and be happy if I just had enough money to keep the power on and <laughs> feed myself.
0: The The power and the <laughs> electricity and the shower in your hut?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and, and then I guess pay the subscriptions. But, yeah, the subscriptions
0: <laughs> yeah. and the. The 120 volt you have to charge your Oculus.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, like I could probably forego all of that stuff, all these luxuries, if I just lived in a little hut on a beach, and then I could use the bare minimum to just survive, and I'd be happy, and I would never have to pay for vacations because my
0: life's a vacation. And I don't know. I don't know. It sounds good in theory, but all right. We've 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 been on this train for quite a while. Let's let, Let's get back on track.
1: There is our discussion on student loans, back <laughs> yeah. to medicine.
0: I'm sorry I dragged <laughs> us down this hole, I'm so sorry. This is all my yeah, fault you did. I did, I did.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm on a beach.
0: I know, I'm sorry we don't talk politics, it's not financial advice. Okay, let's move on. Matt, you're gonna fix my eyes, right?
2: All right, so the FDA <laughs> just approved a company called V U I T Y. I think that's how you pronounce it. Sounds but right. Basically, these are eye drops that temporarily correct age-related vision loss, for 6 to 10 hours at a time, and so you don't need glasses, you don't need contacts. And that's pretty cool that, like, your vision could be corrected just by putting in, like, some visine-like drops. For comparison, they cost $80 a month. Uh, Contacts can cost anywhere from $45 to $75 a month. But the downside is, is this won't be covered by insurance. It's seen as a luxury right now and you can go get contacts or glasses for cheaper. So maybe till the price comes down or whatever else, uh, you're going to have to be paying out of your own pocket. And it's targeted at 40 uh, 40 to 55-year-olds, the people that are starting to get uh, vision loss and low-grade that can be
0: affected by this. I can't figure out if this is more or less efficient than contacts. I really can't.
2: I mean, efficiency is roughly the same. I mean, you put your contacts in the morning, you take them out in the evening. The only thing this cuts out is... You put the drops in in the morning, and you don't have to take them out in the evening. Mm-hmm.
1: That's where my mind was because nothing is worse than when you go, you have yourself a night. You know, you enjoy a couple cocktails, a couple beverages. You're feeling good, and then you don't want to sleep with your contacts, and especially when you're dehydrated and you've been drinking. And the last thing you want to do is when you're when you've had a couple cocktails in, you is take your contacts out. It's a it's a snag, and then the worst is when you're traveling. Let's say you're staying over a buddy's house or or, um, or something like that, and you don't have your contact stuff on you, and then uh, it can turn into a mess. I'd rather take the eye drops.
0: So my big problem with contacts, I wear contacts every single day, is that my contacts go in at, call it 7 a.m. every morning, and then about, a want to call it maybe 9 p.m. at night, my eyes are exhausted. There's nothing else I can do. The contacts have worn me down, and they have to come out. I, this is a little bit less time than that. This is, I mean, that's, that's 12... Mm, 13 hours of use i'm kind of hoping that these would have the same amount of use as contacts
2: i mean i assume with time and a little more D, they might be able to increase it but worst case you drop some more drops in and you're good
0: that's a good point point. and then what you can just like perfect vision throughout the night
2: yeah, you just put them in twice a day once in the morning once after lunch you're good through the evening once your vision goes away it's time to go to sleep
0: So it says works best 40 to 55-year-olds. I get that. It's people who are like age-related vision loss is happening. So this can't just be I was born with not great vision or it developed early on and I can use this to solve it.
2: Right, because basically I'm assuming what it targets. So with age-related vision loss, your lens, which is the little glass-like ball inside your eye, that becomes stiffer and generally that adjusts Uh, for near and far vision as you move and there's also a little muscle that basically pulls on it to adjust this to make it flatter or rounder and that helps you see different distances. So I'm assuming it works on one of these two mechanisms, either the lens or the ciliary muscle that adjusts the lens to make it easier for your eye to do those things. So if you had an issue from birth, it wouldn't be affecting one of those two systems and it wouldn't be effective. So it wouldn't help us naturally blind folk? (laughs) No, I don't think so.
0: Unfortunately
2: not. Well, I am now sad.
0: It's a bummer. Maybe they'll fix that in the next few years. Maybe. I love it. Okay. All right, Matt, you got the next one as well. All right. One
2: last little cool. This is just a science little thing that I saw a little article, clickbait, whatever. But a scientist, a neuroscientist, trained rats to play the original Doom 2 video game, the old like 32-bit awful graphics, uh, whatever. But they trained rats to play it using VR technology for less than $2,000.
0: The life of a rat. (laughs) Jeez.
2: All I'm just imagining is in the future we've got instead of bots and Call of Duty or whatever, you've just got rats that are trained to use VR to play against you.
0: Yeah, probably less expensive too. (laughs) That's funny. I love it. Yeah, I mean, all they have to do is run around and look for cheese all day and then, you know, get to play VR video games. Sounds great rat has got a better life than some of us right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently. All right, let's do uh, back. So back into the VR, I think, I don't know who's got the next one. It's one of you two, not me.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: A uh, little virtual real estate staying in the VR world here. I don't know. I forget where I heard this from, but I think it was some YouTuber. They they were talking about how companies have been buying and selling real estate in the metaverse or virtual reality and and I don't know how they're doing it, but people are making money off this somehow. And uh, every single day on on Instagram, I see you know Adidas bought this plot of land in the metaverse, and it's like, well, what does it even mean? And then whenever you actually think of it, they shouldn't be allowed to buy and sell land in virtual reality or the metaverse to begin with, because we created this system, this virtual world, to get away from poverty and things like this. There's no need to have economic status socioeconomic status in virtual reality, there's no need for it. We don't need it in real life. You know, it's okay to buy and sell land and this stuff exists because, well, let's be honest, God isn't making any more land. And uh, in virtual reality, we can just code another plot of land. Like there's no scarcity. There shouldn't be scarcity. Yeah, you can argue there's a, you know, memory capacity and stuff like this and that and and the cloud can only hold so much. But I mean, there there can always be more over time there's never going to be more actual land but whatever this digital land is there is going to be more eventually because we're going to continue to progress and and develop and and build and there's no reason to even begin to go down the slippery slope of having a socioeconomic class in virtual reality
0: so here's my thought on this the absolute thesis of decentralized finance, cryptocurrency, virtual real estate, metaverse, all that stuff is that community is everything. It's a reversion back to the original thought that community is how humans connect. It's we get together in groups that agree on certain things and we build those groups and work on them together. So you could say that technically virtual real estate could go on forever. You could just build a new server and do all these things and say, well, none of those would be worth anything the only items that will actually be worth anything are the ones that people want and that want to be a part of i have no opinion on whether or not companies should or should not be allowed to buy or sell things have you ever heard of upland uplands i have not it's an app on it's currently on the app store you can open it up i think they had like los angeles and then some other city or san francisco i can't remember but the app was pretty undeveloped whenever I got into it uh, several, several months ago just to look at it. And so you can you use uh, your dollars to purchase these upland credits to buy and sell physical real estate that exists in real life on earth. And if you're smart and you pick the right plot, you could trade it, you could sell it up for later. But here's the thing is I couldn't even find a starting plot. There were so many people. There was nothing I could afford with the little allowance that they gave you straight off. You automatically had to spend money to get into it. And I said, I'm just not going to do that. There's no way. So it's things like that that are interesting to me that we've we've moved our value into the digital world in such a fast fashion, it's unbelievable.
2: I see it kind of developing kind of like the VR land or whatever that you have and you can buy or whatever. It's gonna end up being a lot like Reddit where each of the individual plots of land isn't really worth anything, but you can go get a plot of land essentially within a community. I mean, you right. can go to Adidas page or whoever else, but like on their own, they're worth nothing. But you can go ping over, see what they're doing. Like if they put out any new announcements, you can follow it, see what's new. But then outside of it, you don't got to like participate in it. It's not
0: worth anything outside. Of course. You can't touch and mm-hmm. feel it and you can't do all those things. It's worth quite literally what someone else is willing to pay for it, which is, again, the antithesis of what we always say in this damn show. Is just literally the whole purpose of money is an exchange of value. And that's it. But... Speaking of Adidas, I guess we should do this one next. Uh, They released 30, they had their big NFT drop we talked about earlier this week, and they released 30,000 different items, whether or not it was tokens that allowed you to pre order certain street drops or it was just actual physical or not physical, actual digital tokens they were selling in their NFTs. They pulled in over $23 million of Ethereum, ETH, ETH already within this week. And I wanted to put a reference number up there. Their Q3, which is the last quarter profits, were 538.4 million. So that single one week, this past week drop made up or would have made up 4.3% of their entire quarterly profits, and it cost them next to nothing. They just had to mint the darn things. They didn't even pay the gas fees to the transactions. It's unbelievable. Insane. And I mean,
1: that's just a great initial example of how much money corporations could end up making off this stuff
0: yeah well everyone says in like the early web three crazy entrepreneur crypto world like the i i, I dip my toe into that little insane universe uh, probably a few times a week just to see what just to get the pulse of it that's what everyone says they say you build community uh using like content you do content which leads to community which leads to products which leads to services which leads to success and like that's basically their new framework for how you get there and it's it's worked for a bunch of people, but the way that things are going and how quickly they're moving, who knows how long that framework lasts.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean,
0: I'm sure there'll be a new
1: framework in a year's time and we'll be talking about something else.
0: It's crazy. And there's so much manipulation, too. Speaking of the manipulation, See, go ahead, Matt.
2: I was just going to say, I'm really kind of for. The whole company's releasing these NFTs and tokens and all that type stuff. But I really was, I was against it at first. It didn't make sense to me. But if we look at it in the lens of there's so many hype beasts out there that go out or whatever and they buy all the different new shoes or clothes, whatever it may be, that's released and no one else can get their hands on them. They flip them for a ridiculous price because these people want them just to be part of the community and to resell and that type of thing. Let's let that community go into the metaverse and let me go get the new shoes that I want that look cool. I'm tired of like, oh, Nike released a new pair of Air Jordans and it's like, oh, they're $200 in the store. Can't ever get them. How much are they online? Two grand. Okay, cool. Yep. Let those people have the tokens and their NFTs and whatever else they want. Let's take that universe there and let's have the actual goods for when everybody actually wants them.
0: You're saying you'd rather be the lagging factor in the product curve? i would yeah i actually totally agree with it if the lagging factor is the, the physical one i'm cool with that I, I i think that's the
2: better choice and i <laughs> because we actually get something we can hold touch feel and is actually usable i mean i would rather be able to get my shoes the new shoes that i want rather than having to pay six times as much
0: yeah we might actually be the winners here in the next several years as the generation below us is so obsessed with this and buying all the digital stuff they're going to discount the physical stuff. Like, so they're going to be buying digital cars in the video game world. And then the physical cars are going to be at a discount. Then we're good to go.
2: (laughs) I hope it will work out that way, but I feel like if things keep pacing, like they do, we're going to end up being behind. There's going to be a switch where the digital world does become close to as important as the physical world. And then we're going to be behind these millennials or Gen Xers or Zers, whatever they are, the zoomers. And, uh, (laughs) We're we're gonna be like, oh no, now we gotta figure all this out and we're gonna be the boomers that are trying to figure out technology that we're way behind on.
0: So I think that's true only because it's the knowledge of technology that matters, the physical thing or the digital thing doesn't. So you you could say, look, I don't wanna participate in this whole digital NFT nonsense, doesn't make any sense to me. But what you should be concerned about is that it's important to know the technology that's behind it. It's the technology that's gonna push us forward and it's gonna automate your life, it's gonna make your physical tasks in the real world easier and if you understand it, you get rewarded. You were literally rewarded just for understanding this and being able to participate in the world. You can't participate if you don't understand it. So I counsel everyone. It's the biggest lie we've ever been sold, besides that you need to own a home. The second biggest lie we've ever been sold is that adults can't learn new things. I completely disagree with it. Every human on the planet, unless you have know, some kind of mental handicap holding you back, I'm fine, whatever. But Pretty much all humans on the planet have the capability to learn and understand these things in whatever capacity they so desire with enough effort. Question. Yeah.
1: Do you think technology will end up passing us by or...
0: It already has. (laughs) It already has. I struggle to keep up every day.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, do you like I don't because we grew up immersed in technology and and I feel like I'm at the forefront of technology. You know, I'm the first one to buy virtual reality stuff and I I love my technology. But do you think it'll pass us by kind of like it did the older generation? Or do you think since we grew up immersed in it, like we'll always be looking for the next thing and, and making sure we're staying up on it? um
0: and, and things like that no i think it's human nature matt you you may disagree with me on this one but i, I think it's 100 percent human nature to fall behind like i so the dunning kruger curve or I, I think that's what you called it whatever the thing you, you yep. always send me is uh I, there's a lot of people in our generation like our peers that i deal with all, every single day that i'm talking to Asking questions, they're all like, "Yeah, I have no idea what any of this is, but you know, I'm just not going to worry about it." And it, like, what this is could be representative of NFTs, cryptocurrency, DAOs, Web three technology, VR, Metaverse, any of those things that are all happening and advancing right now. They're completely do not care mode. Like, they're like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna." you know, push forward and work a little bit and figure it out. And then, you know, relax on the weekends and do my thing. I'm like, no, you, you are going to be left behind. You're going to be the old person. You're going to blink and you're going to be old as hell and not know what's going on.
2: I think that's okay. And that's because things are growing so fast and it already is the utility of these services and goods that we are producing in this new metaverse are They're expanding so fast, the utility for us is just going to diminish as it goes on and on and on. It may be more for the generation under us, and so they're going to continue to participate in it. But that's why our parents don't participate in some of the same stuff as us. I mean, They don't have the same utility uses for these things, so they're not going to participate. If it doesn't pertain to them, they're not going to use it. So it's going to happen to us too, it's not going to pertain to us, we're going to stop using it. And that's not an issue, that's not a problem until it does become something later on where it is something necessary for us to continue moving forward.
0: I agree. I, I, I like that take a lock and I actually agree completely. The older I get, the less gaming and streaming things become relevant to me and they're still relevant and they're, the industry is only growing for the younger generations, but the return for me to learn it is so low. I would rather learn the financial technology side or the insurance or the other programs that matter to me now. I accept that. Hopefully
2: enough, at that point, there'll be either services that will manage it for us, and we'll just pay them to do so if we have enough money to do so, or we'll just find our grandkid at that point and tell us how to hook up our TV or whatever new meta box that comes out to play video games. Whatever it is, we'll, we'll find our grandchild, and they will... Make it happen for us.
0: How do I change the channel on the Apple Plus 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 Supreme TV? (laughs)
2: Exactly. Yeah. Our controllers would be taped up, so there's only three buttons we can use. Channel up, down, volume (laughs) up, down,
0: and on off. That's a throwback. I love it. Okay. All right. We're running low on time. Let's do our company spotlight. We'll get cars and then we'll get finished up. So I wanted to highlight a cool company. Matt, you said you've already heard of this company before. It's called Do Not Pay. One word. Do not pay. Single word. And they advertise themselves as the world's first robot lawyer. The company was originally designed specifically to fight parking tickets. And I watched a their big tagline, if you go on their website, which I'm going to put the show notes is fight corporations, beat bureaucracy and sue anyone at the press of a button. That is a heck of a tagline. And I watched their press releases that they've done with their founder. He's kind of a nerdy looking dude, but he's super smart. And he definitely found a product that solves a problem that no one else really wanted to solve, which is. A lot of companies and organizations will end up fining their users or regular people very small amounts because they know they can get away with it. These little tiny problems, such as parking tickets that are like 100 bucks, 200 bucks, something like that, that does not matter. Anything under $10,000. All right, his direct quote here, it explains it better than I can. Below $10,000, these companies know they can get away with ripping people off. And it's true because you won't hire a lawyer. For, 10, for anything less than $10,000 unless you're super desperate. And no lawyer will take it for that amount of money because it's not worth their time. Technically, this company, they themselves are not lawyers, but they do retain legal counsel to make sure that they actually get things right. I think this is a spectacular idea. I love it. Yeah, I
2: think all they're doing is really organizing the resources for people to fight these things, which is for the average Joe. I mean, my brothers going into law school here next year but like there's a whole lot of semantics and very small details that you have to know to like find the right resources the forms to fill out such a so on and so on but like with someone with that knowledge it's not that hard to put it together and say okay if you get a parking ticket these are the things you need if you have uh this type of civil suit whatever this is what you need they just put it together and made it easy for people to use and i think that's fantastic
0: me too i'm all for it and The big play is that it's completely automated. You go on there and you submit the information. The recent program that they just uploaded is that if someone hacks your, all right, two programs. So the first one is that if someone hacks your social media account, you put the information in and you can pretty much find and issue a lawsuit against that person, which is awesome as, you know, the internet and social media gets more prevalent. And the second one is that it lets you sue robocallers, which is amazing. If we could just get those people off the lines, whoever is setting up robocallers absolutely should be in jail. It's unbelievable. I hate it. I'm inundated with robocalls like 7 a day. I just can't get away from them.
1: Yeah, I don't even get the point of them anymore. It's not like they're I mean, I guess they got to be making money off it or else why would they do it? But I mean, who who are they getting with these robocalls anymore?
0: It's terrible. Elderly That's what they're praying on. It's it's absolutely horrible, and none of them make any sense, and they're all from random places. And you just Google, you Google the number, and it's like, yeah, it's a scam, and it's over. uh, Either way, I'm sick of it, and I hate it, and I would love to sue every one of them, even though I have no idea what a lawsuit even entails. But stop calling me if it's not a real number, please, God. (laughs) Okay, that's what I have for do not pay. Again, I'll link their, uh, I'll, I'll link them in the show notes so you can check it out if you want. I. I just think it's a great idea. We can do, I have, there's one more underneath it. We can do that one if you guys want. I'm not sure who put that up.
2: That was me. We can save it if you want to. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: It's-, it's yeah. 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 All right. Let's save that for next week. Cause it's a good company. I've seen it before. So look forward to that next week. All oh, right. All right. We're ripping the cars then. Let's rip it on the cars. Okay. I, we're again, we're running low on time. Let's dive right into yours.
2: All right, so you've heard of the Cybertruck. Now we've got the next generation. We got the Thunder Truck. Oh yeah, it is a fully electric SUV truck that is way cooler than the Cybertruck. It looks awesome. I dropped some pictures in the doc for uh, those of us that are making this podcast. John may be able to link some into the uh, show notes for everybody that wants to see it. I'll get a quick, move. basically, SUV, fully electric, 400 miles of range, dual motors, 800 horsepower. 800 foot-pounds of uh torque and it has this really cool system it has a snap-on rear end that's an additional battery pack roughly one sixth of the other battery pack and make has two extra wheels making it a, a six by six at this point rather than just a four by four it takes the horsepower up to 940 horsepower and 560 miles of range this thing is really freaking cool it's made for off-roading but it weighs a whopping three tons before the addition is put on there with the extra two wheels. But it still has a whopping zero to 60 in three and a half seconds, even weighing that much. Um, And even cooler, it has a shade up top that kind of fans out, kind of like some of the off-road vehicles do, kind of providing an umbrella if you want to hang out in the shade next to your vehicle, which happens to have solar panels on top. It's not very powerful, only on an ideal day with no clouds, good sun, and you're in the right area. Gives you an extra 33 miles of range. But I guess if you're stuck somewhere, that could get you out of wherever you are and back home, or at least to some place where you can charge up.
0: This thing is incredible, and I love that it has the bat wings because it looks like something Batman might drive. It's really, really cool. I, I will try to get a link to the website. How much are they? I don't remember if you said. It didn't tell me in the article that I read i couldn't find a price either i
2: imagine it's got to be ridiculously expensive and Mm -hmm. it was made out of just like i forget what word they use for it but it's just like a creative group out of la that just kind of was like they were they were trying to prevent people from not doing anything during the pandemic and so they put ideas together and this was one of the ideas they spit out well is this actually greenlit for production or is it just a concept right now I think it's still a concept, and they're trying to move towards the production phase next as soon as they drum up some interest with articles like this.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, there's no way this gets made. It's too cool. The, whoever runs the automotive <laughs> industry rough. is not going to let it happen. They they hate cool things, they don't like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know
2: there's every different. cool car concept gets killed somehow. 100%. As John said, this is like Batman's SUV. Yeah, it's it literally really cool, is. it's sharp. Without the addition, it kind of looks like a side-by-side with a cabin on it with the bat wings on top. It's just cool.
0: Yeah, the Thunder Truck, baby. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll link link anything I can because it's gorgeous. It's worth a look. My God, is this thing cool, and I really hope it gets built. We got the Cybertruck,
2: the Lightning, and now the Thunder Truck.
0: So much better. Everything to do with storms and, I guess, whatever Elon's got cooking.
2: If someone kicks out a Cloud EV, that'll just sum it all up
0: well you get the lucid air that's one so you know what we're sticking with i don't even know what that is what what theme that is but like air thunder lightning uh, it, it's air stuff the toyota rain yeah, <laughs> yeah the rain that's got to be out by now there has to be something
2: the chevy sleet. <laughs>
0: yeah what, the <laughs> hail <laughs> ram hail the ram actually that would make sense we should sell that to them <laughs> quick buy up the uh uh, trademark for it. Yeah, someone yep. get someone get the rights. Joey, get Cody on it.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh, I already got him on the phone. It's trademark. Don't even think about it, Ram. You're too
0: late. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The thunderstruck. Oh, that would be. Yeah, that's so funny. Okay. All right. Again, we're we're good on time. So let's do. Uh, we'll do Florida Man of the day. We'll lead out with a quote and we'll be good. I found a good Florida Man one. This is great. Is uh, where is it? It's in Pensacola. <laughs> he said, "Man told police." Hold on, I'm getting an echo here. Who's, who's doing that? Joseph. Joey. I don't
1: Florida. know why it's echoing. I'm far away. Hold up.
0: Florida man must be perfect. There we go. All right. So this man told police he wanted to take a trip back in time as he crashed his Dodge Challenger into a mall in the North Davis Highway in Pensacola. <laughs> this was at uh, about 11 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and there was no one in the building at the time, so no one got hurt. But I just think it's really funny that the man wanted to take a trip back in time.
1: like Back to the future, you think he's Doc
2: Brown and Marty McFly.
0: <laughs> hey, I have no idea. The
2: Dodge Challenger is the new DeLorean. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, It's really funny. The picture they've got on there is of a Nissan Altima. So, you know, I, I don't really know what to deal with that, but they did their best. <laughs> That's good. All righty, Joey, quote us and let's go. Yep, we got
1: Warren Buffett today. You what only is. have to do a few things right in your life as long as you don't do too many things wrong.
0: Huh. Fair point, Mr. Buffett. Fair point. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Yep, just gotta do
1: a couple things right.
0: <laughs> what is it? You're ten levels away from millionaire at any time.
1: <laughs> That's what they say.
0: Yep. Oh, and, oh, geez.
1: All right. Merry Christmas.
0: Happy holidays. Do everything good. Nothing bad and all that goodness. And either way, we I, I'm going to assume we're, we're going to see you on Tuesday, but it is holiday season. So don't hate us if not. Otherwise, submissions.feelgoodfinance at gmail.com. See you later. See ya. Merry Christmas.